I would argue that we have it. It is within the capacity of everybody to do this if they choose to understand the inherent worth and value of another human being. It's when you stop seeing that. It's when you stop understanding that. That's when the expectations of, well, you owe me. I deserve more. Why aren't I getting what I deserve? Mm Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes problematic. Right. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, Meeting Your Spouse's Needs, Who Goes First? You do. Oh, do I, huh? You go first. Meet my needs. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Nope. Just do it. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I guess we're talking about it. Here we go. All right. You ready, darling? Mm-hmm. Let's try this one. Um, this is um, incredibly insightful, um, and I wish I had time to read the entire email, but we're not going to do that. So I'm going to kind of uh, summarize one of the big questions here. Okay. <clears throat> Men have a high sexual desire and require sex to feel connected and love in order to open emotionally. Women have a high emotional desire and require emotional communication in, or- in order to feel connected and love in order to open up sexually. There seems to be a stalemate at this point. Which one comes first? Does she forego her emotional needs to give him his sexual connection to enable him to open emotionally? Or does he need to open up emotionally first, foregoing his sexual desire to give her the emotional connection she needs to open sexually? Kind of a chicken and egg situation. And it seems either way, someone is left empty and resentment will build. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. I have an answer. I have an answer. Okay. This is... This is brilliant. Isn't it a good question? It is. I it's, really it's like it. It's so good. And my answer is going to be so simple. So you might have to expound on it. <laughs> okay. Maybe you won't Or it's a three-minute podcast episode. <laughs> right? We've talked about this in our own marriage. Yeah. Lots and lots. But what it really comes down to is the idea of mutual selflessness. What do you mean? I'm going to go right back to something that we talk about all the time, where you are doing things to help me become a better person and I am doing things to help you become a better person. So in situations like this, this really is a give and a take. When you're living mutually mutually selfless, yep. you're going to be giving yourself, giving up the things that you want mm-hmm. and doing what is best for your spouse. Yep. And with no worries or fears that it's going to be unbalanced because you're not you're, keeping score. Yes, and because you know that your spouse is doing the same for you. Yes. So there's a lot of times when I'm not in the mood. Yep. But we do fun stuff mm-hmm. because you're in the mood. I'm definitely not emotionally connected, and I'm not all lovey-dovey like let um, but. I service your needs because I love you. Yes. That's a really fun <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> I wish we could find a better way of putting that, but right. I think everyone gets the idea. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not that cut and dry. It's not like a car wash, people. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but everyone gets the idea. Right. And there's times when you take the time to meet me where my needs are and to woo me. And sometimes it takes several days of you 
walking past, whispering sweet nothings in my ear, patting me on the behind as you walk past, showing me gentle, loving things, listening to me tell you about all the things that really don't matter to you at all, but that I need to talk about. And all of those things fill my heart and get me going, oh, my husband really loves me. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't wait. (laughs) That's what it sounds like, everybody. She comes up to me going, "Mm mm-hmm. I can't wait. Well, I keep that to myself, but you know what I mean. Yes, I I get the idea. Come on, I'm trying to put it in lovely, nice, polite podcast safe podcast terms. Podcast safe terms yes. and talking about this stuff out loud is still a little uncomfortable I for me. It. So I'm doing my best here. Come on. Okay. Oh. But but the truth of the matter is, I most a lot of marriages don't have that mutual selflessness. And when we were early married, I was so. Uh, not self-aware, right? And so I didn't, I didn't understand this stuff, and it was a disaster for us sometimes. When when we started learning that give and take, right? And or, or some people will say you have to give fifty percent, and you have to give fifty percent, and it'll balance out. And that's not the case. Yeah, you have to give a hundred. Yeah, each person has to give a hundred percent, and that means giving. And getting yeah. it's how it works yeah it's how it works the best it's how you have relationships where some some days you get what you want and some days I get what I want but it's not begrudgingly it's not a duty it's because I love you and I want what's best for you and you love me and you want what's best for me and we love serving one another because it, the serving actually bring brings almost as much pleasure yeah as the giving yeah. and the getting. So there's my short answer. <laughs> and I'm not so sure there's much I need to expound on because that is exactly what I would have said. We try to outserve each other, mm-hmm. but it is never balanced or fair. No, it is. There isn't. are seasons where I am serving you more because yes. you have greater needs. Because I have, I have a story and a history yep. and baggage and there's bags seasons, of crazy and there's, there's seasons, seasons that I take more and you end up serving more. Yes, absolutely. And if we try to keep score, if we try to make sure it's balanced, then we are doomed. Right. If if <clears throat> if my expectation because I have I have all kinds of crazy health issues and yeah. different things and if my expectation was that you were going to meet my need and do it my way every single time, all the time, because I can't do anything else. Yeah. That would become very difficult for you. Yeah. It would be very unbalanced and, and that would not be mutual selflessness at all. That is me not being, being aware or me not working to grow and change and figure out ways that I can work around my health issues. Yeah. And because there's there's so many things that that I can do that don't pigeonhole me or keep me stuck in this one place where you're always constantly having to give. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And like I said, I'm not so sure there's much I would add to this. I'll throw a wrench in the works, though. Okay. What if only one person has that mentality where they want to 
actively try to meet the needs of the other person. They are attuned. They mm-hmm. are paying attention. They are aware. And they're actively trying to serve and meet the needs of the other person. And the other person's not so good at that. Well, let me just say this. The other person will eventually be able to grow. <laughs> Really? Uh, I'm speaking from experience here. Okay. Because I I really think we spent many, many years where you were the one that was attuned and I was the one that was not aware. Okay. And um, at some point you you would hope, I, I think a lot of stuff that I have learned has directly come from watching you and hearing you hmm. and, um, and a desire on my part to grow. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what age it was that I finally started growing, Hmm. but there's a, at some point there, a maturity kind of starts to kick in and, and I I would hope that in a relationship like that, and I can't say that this will happen, but I would hope that as, as one spouse continues living within their own integrity and modeling and modeling it, that the other person eventually picks up on it and starts to see, Ooh, I want to be like that. I want to grow. I want to change. I want to be a better person. And oftentimes that's what happens, but not always. Sometimes people really just are not self-aware and, and, and at some point, I, I don't know what words you, you can use to share what's going on. Well, this is where you come in the expertise on how to share that information and bring that to the other person's attention. But um, it's probably very, well, uh, it's not probably, I know it's very exhausting to live in that, in that state where you, where you're attuned and you're really working hard and it seems like there's no return for your investment. This is where some people uh, might not understand the next part of this uh, conversation, but the one of the tools that has actually probably been the most helpful to do that when one person has to give disproportionately uh, more than the other person who tends to receive for whatever the variety of needs are, the ability to do that, to live sacrificially, to live serving someone who's not giving as much back to you. Mm-hmm. Two things play into that. One is because of our faith system. Yes. I am not, I'm not serving you in a covert contract sort of way, which is if I serve you, then you're going to serve me. Right, exactly. I serve you with no expectation of getting something in return because I'm trying to do it to honor my creator, to mm-hmm. honor, to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated because you've been created by God. You have inherent value, value. and worth. Right. Even when you cannot return um, acts of service towards me, I'm still going to treat you correctly and appropriately uh, because you've been created in God's image. And trying to do that, I had good days and bad days. I still have sure. good days and bad days around some of that. And the longer you have to do that, it is hard. It is difficult. It is, it is exhausting, but it is still worth it because I still love you. And that word is really, really important. I love you. I, I, I see you as valuable and I treat you lovingly 
not because I have warm, fuzzy feelings all the time, not because right. um, my motor's all revved up and, you know, it's a deep, passionate love. I love you because it's an obedient love. I love you because it's the right thing to do. And, 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 and you choose to continue to love me. It's an action. It is. It's a choice it's a every daily day. action. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. any particular action, yeah. but love is an action word. Yeah. The second thing that plays into this is I think the people who have the greatest ability to live in that long term are um, parents of children who are developmentally dis- delayed. Mm, yes. Because parenting is supposed to be a limited time gig for, you know, the first three, five years. It's a full time exhausting job. But as the kids develops and grows your job, you do less and less. You have to make less and less decisions until they hit, you know, early adulthood, 18, 20, and they're able to go off on their own and, and live independently. Right. And we are done. We've got four kids. Our youngest is 20 and we really enjoy being able to just walk out of the house anytime we want mm-hmm. and know that our kids Kids aren't going to starve. Right. But for parents who have developmentally delayed children, their job will never end. Mm-hmm. They will be caretakers and parents uh, until someone passes away. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it happen over and over and over again where the parent is giving 90% and the kiddo is not returning Heart is giving 10% of mm-hmm. love. And yet these parents unconditionally love and sacrifice their lives because these children, even though they have developmental issues, are still valuable mm-hmm. and beautiful and worthwhile. Right. And if it's easier to see that done with children who are struggling developmentally, um, why can't I do that to my wife who is struggling in some other way? Right. I am called to do that. You are called to do that. And there's seasons when I'm not doing great and seasons you're not doing sure. great. And we try to outserve each other. I would argue that we have it. It is within the capacity of everybody to do this. If they choose, if they choose to understand the inherent worth and value of another human being. It's when you stop seeing that. It's when you stop understanding that. That's when the expectations of, well, you owe me, I deserve more. Why aren't I getting what I deserve? Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes problematic. Right. So... This is a this is a, a a big one, and so the answer is, you know, chicken and egg. Uh, who goes first? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you both go first. You both try to outserve each other. Now, I will actually throw a caveat on top of this. Um, again, uh, some people are going to totally disagree with me on this, and that's okay. I encourage you to write in and let's have a conversation about it. But I would argue, and again, this is kind of rooted in my faith system. This is what men are called to do if we want to lead our families. Right. If we want to demonstrate healthy behaviors, if we want to go first by becoming vulnerable and transparent first, that's leadership, going first. If you want to set the tone in your home and have healthy emotional energy in the home, you better be emotionally healthy. Right. You better go first. You better sacrifice first. That is real leadership. 
That is what it is required. You die to self and you create the environment and the model for the rest of your family to go, wow, dad's doing this. I want to be like dad. Mm-hmm. And there's no better statement for a kiddo to come up and, or you hear secondhand, yeah, I want to be like my dad. Oh, mm-hmm. I can live off of that for years. Right. When your wife comes and says, man, you love me so well. I want to learn how to love you back the same way you love me. Mm-hmm. I hope you hear if you're listening to this. And, you know, for those of you who kind of bristle at this idea of men kind of leading their homes, there's no domineering here. No. There's no, there's no toxic there, masculinity. There's no my way or the highway None. about it. It is a sacrificial leadership. Yes. It is a selfless leadership, but it is leading. It is going first. It's setting the example. Yes. So I would argue if we had to pick a side, 5149, men go first. Mm-hmm. Husbands, serve your wives. Do that well and you will create an atmosphere in your home which everybody who meets you is going to be jealous your wife's friends are going to go how did you get so lucky to marry a man like that well how I, did I'm, how did you how do you train him so well that's actually right. the bigger question most people ask is how do you train him so well well <laughs> i i still go back to i still go back to um a conversation that i've had uh, I had a, quite a few years ago with some some women when our son was on the football team and and um, I didn't realize how much people watch. I mean, I, I guess I'm a people watcher, but people watched us hmm. and our interactions. And I can't tell you how many women came up to me and asked me, is he like that all the time? Hmm. Does he treat you that way all the time? Hmm. And my answer was absolutely yes, because mm. you are who you are and you, you don't treat me one way when we're out in public in a different way at home. It is this way all the time. And, um, and even just this last two weeks ago when I was gone mm-hmm. and you, we were talking on the phone and you had, or we were talking video call and um, I got off the phone and <clears throat> my friend said to me, wow, your husband says the most amazing things to you. He is so encouraging and so loving. And does he talk to you like that all the time? Mm-hmm. And so what's my point? I don't remember now, but. I don't know where to go with this because I, thank you. That's lovely and kind. And I, I'm. Glad to hear that. I like to live congruently, but I also don't want this to be a let's talk about how wonderful Paul is podcast. Right, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is that when when you when you live within your own integrity, people see it. Mm, yeah, and you had said something yeah. about people noticing people and and and, ha- and when people say things, and yeah. it really is true. Yeah, so. There was a purpose. I had a point and I lost it because I got so enraptured with talking about. You're a very nice wife, honey. I love you so much. You're you're fun to do this with you. Thanks. Our hope, if you're listening, dear listener, um, that you will hear and see that you can have a lovely relationship without it having to be a competition, without who's going to sacrifice 
first begrudgingly who's going to give more who's going to get more it isn't the scorecard mentality you and i my love we try to practice and exhibit mutual selflessness all the time yes we do and i think we're pretty stinking happy so um again not that we're the epitome of lovely marriages but no because we're on the same journey the same path as everyone else we have the same problems we have the same fights but we do try to live in a healthy manner we do try to use tools and um, equip ourselves so that this really tough thing called marriage is more sustainable and we are successful at right. it. but that requires work and it practice does. and and uh, refinement If you want, if you're going, I want some of that, or how do I start some of that? um, Go to securemarriage.com and actually start with our relationship roadmap. It is a one hour course that gives you nine tools, which will cover 100% of all of your problems in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Period. That's the good place to start. And once you start to master those tools, then you can start to experience what Shannon and I get to experience. We, you where you start to know you are loved and cared for and you have a a spouse, a partner in life who's mm-hmm. going to walk through this going, let's see if we can outserve each other. Right. You're not going to outserve me. I'm going to make sure you are happier than I am. <laughs> Boy, that's a you great game to play. You threw the gauntlet down, especially <laughs> when you've got a wife who's competitive. That's right. I got to win. That's right. And that's not a bad thing for me. So. No. Anyway, we hope, again, start with securemarriage.com uh, and go to the Relationship Roadmap. That will get you started on the right pathway. Yes. And um, you can have a marriage where you fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. Yeah. Is that good? It is. Thanks for listening, everybody. I think we'll see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs>